I can't remember the actual words. Sweets for my sweet, that was it. Okay. But for some reason I always end up thinking of the Candyman, presumably because of the sweet thing. And now all I can think about is like murderous hook-handed maniacs coming through the mirror and and and, and hook-handedly murdering you up. See, I'm thinking with sweet and dreams and candy man and sweet dreams are made of these. Who am I to disagree? That one. Travel yes. the world and the seven seas. Everybody's looking for someone. Something, someone. I don't know. Can't remember. Anyway, it doesn't matter. The point is, that, that was Annie Lennox, wasn't it? It was. And she never came through a bathroom mirror with a hook on her hand and murdered people up. No. That I'm aware of. Not that I know of. And I think our legal department would probably want me to stress the fact... You've got a legal department? Well, who's that guy in the suit? One with the hook hand that's just come through the mirror. <laughs> For you. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea which guy in the suit. I I was making reference to our legal department. We've got a guy in the suit. Yeah, I quite like a guy in the suit. Well, it depends which suit. <gasps> oh, Tom Hiddleston in a suit, in that black suit, walking down the the, the stairs in in yes. Oh yes. Oh goodness, yes. Cool. Yeah, that too. Anyway, bless him, it got certainly suddenly very warm in here. For Indeed, a yes. It's all the... the, the, the it's to be fair, Annie Lennox in a suit. You, yeah, yeah, also, yeah. yeah. Why didn't I think of that? Anyway, were we going to do a Frith cast? Possibly. Okay. I mean, you know, uh, Tom Hiddleston needs some time. He you does. can't just cut him off when he's Hiddlestoning down the stairs. That would be unkind. It would. Detrimental and De everything. Detrimental to his detriment, yes. To our detriment, I think, Indeed. probably more than to his detriment. <laughs> Are we going to do a Frithcast? Possibly. Okay. Okay. Because I seem to think we were. Because I was going to say, if you wanted to move it, move it now. Because well, not. I'm not saying like if you want to, if you want to move it, move it now. I'm just saying. I that want to move it. Move. I, I like to move, move it. Move it. <laughs> I got a dancing lemur in my head, and it's oh, all your fault. Yeah. Oh, King Julian, which then links to Julian Bashir, which then links to Alexander Siddig. Hello. Oh, what is the matter with us today? What? I have a healthy appreciation for these things. Finally, tailored suit. Mm. Mm. We've been watching too much Deep Space Nine. We have not. There's no such thing. There's too much Deep Space Nine. Yeah. 
I suppose. It just didn't. No. You don't have a certain something about him. Anyway, moving on. Mm-hmm. Do you want to oh, do a frithcast? Fine, we'll do a frithcast. <laughs> okay. Well, it's just unconscious of the fact that we left our dear <laughs> listeners hanging upon a thread. I think we probably left them dozing around the virtual campfire, well, to be honest. Just kind of, you bosh. know, chill zone, chilled out, mug of whatever takes their fancy, little bit of an ember fire going on, nice yeah. chilled out night, yeah. done. Spot of marsh gas. I don't mean marsh gas. I mean no. marshmallows, sorry. Marsh gas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole different kind of night. <laughs> it's a completely different kind of flying altogether. Yes. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's one where you fall in style. Yes. So, um, last week, I don't know. Did you? Would you like me to? Please do. Because okay, I was last just time on Deep Space Frithcast. <laughs> Deep Space Frithcast. Oh, and now the conclusion. Tune in for this exciting episode. <laughs> so last time we were talking about the Oseberg ship burial. We did, yes. Which, from which I discovered, mm. Oseberg is a farm, it not is. a town. Yes. Which threw me for something of a curveball. Well, while the curveball is in flight, we'd better give our introductions. Okay. Hello, lovely listener. <laughs> Welcome around the slightly curveballed virtual campfire. Pull up a log. Warm your knees. You know the drill. By now. You probably know the drill yeah, by now. Probably do. I am Suzanne Martin. I'm a heathen with a head full of random knowledge and the ability to sing the DS9 theme tune. Do, 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 do. And that's do, Kate. Do, do, do. Proving she can match me theme tune for do, theme do, do. tune. Do, 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 do. That's awful. Um, anyway, never mind. Sorry, carry on. Star Wars? <laughs> Sorry? Can I put a request in for Star Wars? I can't do Star Wars. It's too much dun 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 dun. dun. That's not Star Wars, is it? That's it's not. Um, no. That's the. Um... Was I getting all Imperial there? You were. Oh, that's bad. You've enough. gone to the dark side because they have better cookies. They do have better cookies. They do have nice lightsabers, I have to admit, but that's about all I'd be wanting from them. Yeah. Otherwise, they can pretty much keep it. Pretty much. But I do like red. Oh. In a lightsaber, so actually, honestly, I still think Sam Jackson's character. What was he called? Mace Windu. Mace Windu. Purple. Yeah, I should have been able to remember because he went out of Windu, didn't he? He did. Windu um, windowed. Yeah. Um, and needed some Windex afterwards. Indeed. Uh, spoiler, by the way. Thing going on. Yeah. yeah, he had a purple lightsaber because Sam Jackson went. Yeah, I'll come and be in your silly film. He probably didn't say that. I don't know. I don't know what his attitude was. <laughs> But he, he did I say, yeah, I'll come and be in your film, but I've got to have a purple lightsaber. Thank you very much. So they gave him one. Because it's Sam Jackson and you don't say no. Okay, yeah. do you want to introduce yourself? Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. To the lovely listeners, before this curveball of an episode goes full circle. Yes. And we um, end up talking about goodness knows what. Yeah, I'm... Disappearing to our own tin of biscuits. Um, I'm Kate and I'm uh, not a heathen. Um, and my uh, head full of random knowledge is is, is distinctly less relevant to tonight's proceedings <laughs> and indeed to all Frithcast proceedings from the beginning and unto uh, henceforth forevermore. Um, but I'm here and I'll do my bit. Hi. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Where were we? 
That's what we were. On a farm in Norway. Is it Norway? Norway. Norway. Farm in Norway. Farm in Norway. Yeah. Vestfold in Norway. He's found, I say he, the farm owner? Did you say it was a he? No, well, the diggers, they the diggers. got archaeologists in. Or they got an archaeologist, a historian, and some helpers who weren't precisely trained in chronological mapping. They found a ship. <clears throat> they did. Did you say something like 30 metres long? It's 21 metres long by about 5 metres wide. 21 metres. Bearing in mind that it got squished, so figuring out exactly how wide it is is a little bit of a guess science. 21 metres is about as long as the Cobra Mark III is wide. Yeah, bit of a beast. That's big. Yeah. Anyway, in the ship, um, just to recap, Mm -hmm. um, was found what appeared to be a grave with grave goods. Yeah, well, what was Uh, left of grave goods? Some grave goods. Yeah, yeah. Which appeared to be the grave of two people. Two peoples. We believe to be both women. Yeah. yeah bearing in mind BJ581, yeah, okay, we believe... Yeah, give or take. Lacking we... any information to the contrary. Yes, they have been identified as women. We believe the they moment. are women. This is physical. We do not know how they identified. I just thought I'd throw that in just in case JK Rowling was listening. Ooh. Um, sorry. Um... <laughs> Do you want some aloe for that? <laughs> Ow. Um, but, yes. We, so, Fierce queen is we, tonight. We, so, we, so there's two women, and one was significantly older than the other. You said they were about 60-something? Yeah, one of them's 80 with arthritis. 80. 80 the something. other one is 50 to 55 That's right. Um, the teeth thing going on. But we don't know what the relationship <laughs> was between them, so we don't know whether it was a mistress and her servant. We don't know whether it was mother and daughter. Mother and daughter. We don't know if it was... Um, it a... could have been somebody and a cousin or somebody and a sibling. It, yeah. Yeah, don't know. I mean, the only reason I think... The only reason I, I, I sort of went to mistress and servant was because I've got that um, image in my head from Ibn Fadlan's... Yes, slave girl in Ibn Fadlan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, that, so I mean, yeah. So that was basically we covered the sort of gist of of the the, the layout and everything last week. Yeah. Uh, and now we're going to do some more of it. Now we're going to do a bit more of it because there is a lot to cover. Mm. There are people who have made it their life's work to study a part of this burial. <laughs> it's unreal. You've got. 21 meter boat it has a a little wooden room that's built in the middle and in there is where they put all the shinies Mm -hmm. you have got a list of shinies that reads like a viking you know wish list to santa odin (laughs) it is quite substantial santa glug yeah santa glug you know you've got the numbers vary a little bit but potentially 15 horses six dogs that was right yes three beds the Osberg cart, wooden chests, agricultural and household tools, but there are some specific parts of this burial I want to talk about today. Fifteen horses. Yeah. So what are we what are we going to be looking at today? Well, part of this we talked about last time. We talked about a single piece out of this monstrously blinged up burial. <laughs> Pimp my boat has happened. <laughs> it's come out with all the trimmings on it. And that's the Oseberg Bucket. Okay. The Oseberg Bucket, it's a a U-wood bucket. So it's made out of a well, timber. Well, you would. Uh-huh. I had to. I know. 
and it's got brass fittings and okay. it's got like brass plates that are long and in concentric rings as you go down the bucket mm. they pretty much cover the surface of this bucket okay it's not like it's a functional you know it's not just a bucket this... that you use for carrying stuff and feed to horses and water out of wells this is a fancy blinged up bucket this was a very definitely <laughs> a, this was a very definitely decorative bucket this is a distinctly decorative but... bucket just on that point, um, and a slight detour, possibly, but why would you decorate a bucket? I don't know. Okay, fair enough. Inside this <laughs> shiny, shiny bucket of doom, you've got a wooden ladle, and there's wild apples been placed inside it when they buried it, which okay. just blows my mind a little bit that you've got a huge, big 21-meter boat, you've got people in there, you've got all the grave goods you want in there, and there's a bucket with apples in and it seems almost like a very human touch to this whole formal situation of sacrifice and burial and I mean, massive thing i mean the 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 reason you would normally in in other cultures to my knowledge like for example in egyptian culture mm -hmm. when you do a burial with grave goods it reflects it generally reflects the the beliefs of the people doing the burying in terms of this person is going off to some future realm and we'll need these and things. we'll need these things yes as one of my old lecturers said the dead don't bury themselves no so a, any burial arrangement that you come across as an archaeologist or that you see in a museum has been done by living people yeah for that person yeah it might not have been what that person wanted they might have ended up with less or more than they wanted yeah but it's the living people of that community or of that place that are burying that person mm -hmm. that dead person doesn't generally get a say in how they are no. sent to wherever they're going but they will have the assumption like i say from from what i know of sort of egyptian traditions the, the 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 assumption will be that they will go off to some this this other realm where they will need mm -hmm. this equipment they will need you know these horses they will need these in some cases unfortunately they will they they, they will need, to need slaves yeah and so forth and therefore all these things will be sent with them yes although the egyptians had a bit of a more <clears throat> neat way around it than the people who lived in the royal city of ur okay mesopotamian city of ur they actually took the slaves and go into the grave space yeah the grave rooms because it's like this huge big room complex and they would okay. just die inside the burial chamber by the time you get to egypt it gets a little bit more sophisticated and they build shabtis they build i think that's the word for them they build slaves or servants out of clay and they put a an incantation or a spell in there that says that that clay figure will have life in the afterlife and serve all the needs of that person okay. instead of killing off all their slaves they create clay slaves and put those in the grave okay i mean okay Vikings don't do that you know like, they don't do the clay thing they, they don't they do, do the clay thing and yeah they there are accounts of them doing the people thing humans are dreadful aren't they quite possibly they have some very 
Uh, yeah, there are things that they reason through that you think, how did you get from A to X? Because I can't quite see your reasoning here. And all I was going to say before I depressed myself beyond belief by... <laughs> <laughs> you asked! I know. All I was going to say was maybe they put the apples in because they needed them on the way to the afterlife. See, that maybe was all I was That was yeah. all I was getting at. That was all that was... It was. It's like with me with the coins. Yes. You know, when I when I when I go, I'll need to take coins with me for the ferryman. You shall have them. I well, thank you. <laughs> you um, shall have them. But you know, I so I'm assuming that the apples would be something along those lines. Yeah. You know, you, they... you've got a journey ahead of you, or you're going to some place or whatever, and you'll need something to to keep you going on the way. Yeah. Now there are, there is an account when Baldur dies, that the gods send, the rider Hermod, along the road to Helheim to go and ask the Lady Hell for Balder to be released back to the land of the living. Okay. So the journey along the road to Hell, H-E-L, uh-huh. is, there is that one account. And so... Aren't you impressed I didn't sing it? I am. Because I was... You were you were right there, weren't but you? But I didn't. Intake I of breath there and was, you would yeah. have sung it. <laughs> Sorry. <Yeah. laughs> I'm not going to do it. You can look at me all you want. I'm not going to do it. Get out your system no, now. No, no. Get I'm out your system no, now. No, no, no. Do it. No. Do it now because we're going to move on to the other I'm book not, in a minute. Do I'm it. Not. I can't remember the words. Carry on. Get off. <laughs> can't remember the words. Are you ready to move on? Yes. Okay. No. Other bucket. Okay. We're going to go back. We've got a bucket with wild apples inside it the osberg bucket okay there's a second bucket <laughs> it's got two buckets it's very <laughs> bling two buckets in this burial and that's that's wealth that is the second bucket is called the buddha bucket the buddha bucket yeah now because... i'm assuming you mean buddha as in the buddha as buddha, in as in yeah siddhartha yes buddha siddhartha yes yeah that buddha yep and it's called the Buddha Bucket because where the handle meets the rim of the bucket, there is a little metal figurine. It's Gautama, but I can't remember how to pronounce it properly, so I, I didn't want to try. Yeah, no, Carry it's on. fine. It needs more coffee to pronounce that properly. So where the handle meets the top of the bucket, there is a little metal figurine. Mm-hmm. And he has, he's kind of sat there doing his serene chilling out thing. And he's crossed his, he's done, like, he's crossed his legs, but the artist didn't quite know how to draw that properly. So they've uh, drawn one tucked up on the inside and then one, like, bent and underneath it. Okay. Because it isn't quite, they, they couldn't quite figure out how to, to portray it. Uh, but he's got, like, a square chest with a quartered motif in it. Okay. And he looks like a sitting Buddha, which is what they first identified him as. But... When you look at the art style that he's drawn in, it parallels the Irish art style of the period. Oh, right, okay. So a bit like the Kernanos figure on the Gundestruck... Is the Gundestruck cauldron? Yes. That's the Kernanos figure? I think so, yeah. And he's sat there clenching. He's got like a whole kind of... He's got one leg bent up underneath him and the other one stretched out. It's that kind of thing with his legs. So this Buddha bucket figurine which is there's one on each side parallels this irish art style so it's possibly a bucket from ireland that's ended up in a burial of two women in norway in a boat just going off on a complete tangent which we never do 
in the tarot deck. Yeah. There the is hanged... a bucket card in the tarot deck. There is the hanged man. There is the hanged man. And death. <clears throat> so arguably there are kicking the bucket cards. <laughs> sorry. You are I'm not. sorry. You are yeah. totally not sorry. That wasn't <laughs> That wasn't what I was gearing up for though. That just wasn't just just no. Um I was actually going to say um I I haven't actually seen this image of this um this figure on the on the, the bucket, bucket in the Buddha bucket in in Otterberg. But talking about the having one leg crossed and the other leg sort of kind of extended reminds me of um in the tarot deck Is it in the, the weight rider image the major arcana in the white rider weight deck yeah rider weight sorry the yes. hanged man has <clears throat> a leg crossed yes over the one leg hangs hangs down and the other one is crossed over and i remember reading and it was i i it was in one of these these sort of um learn tarot in three hours no, 26 minutes it was in one of these holy blood and holy grail type books yeah, yeah. going on about Freemasonry and so forth, and the Templars and all that kind of thing, and they, and they were well, saying, listeners, "You can't see me rolling my eyes right now, I, so I'm going to audio describe it so you know." To I'm be honest, it. they probably heard you rolling yeah, your eyes. Yeah, I'm sure you did. Side eye sips tea. But I was going to say that I mean that is kind of um, that is kind of an established sort of symbol, if mm. you like. There are, there are graves. Um, I'm fairly sure. I'll see, if, I'll see if I can find some photos, but there are graves where, where the dead person is is like carved on the tombstone, and mm -hmm. they've got a leg crossed over, and it's and and it and is that like chivalric? When I want Seder night ones, yeah. That. And I was just wondering if it was some <laughs> kind of if now you've mentioned um, Canunos and you know Irish this, art style. Yeah, yeah, I'm just wondering if it is something that's sort of come down. It means something. Was, it was only folks. We're going to put some links in the description, like we usually do, and we're going to find all the shiny yeah. bits for you to go and look for we'll yourselves. Have a go. We'll have a go. So, Buddha bucket. Yeah. Irish art style, but the name stuck. Okay. So you'll see it listed as the Buddha. Bucket. So we do not actually believe it is the Buddha. It's not no. the. Yeah, they've probably, despite the fact that they found a Buddha in Helgo. Yeah. Which is awesome. Awesome source. They don't think that this particular figure is the Buddha. They think it's probably an Irish art style. Okay. So it's an Irish bucket that's made it way its way into a burial mound on a farm in Norway in Vestfold of two women in a 21-metre boat. There's a second bucket, and that's the bucket. That's a well-travelled bucket. Ireland. The last time we talked a little bit about these five, what they call the zoomorphic posts... There are five of them in Osberg, and they're a very odd thing. They're, you've probably seen photographs of them if you've seen any kind of material from Osberg. You've probably seen at least one of these zoomorphic posts. Mm. They're wooden, carved, not work, three-dimensional animal heads. And the head sort of sits on top of a pole, which then goes down into a handle. Okay. And there's five of them. So they got this idea that they're probably supposed to have been carried. Right. But why there's five and no more or no less, we don't know. They're made out of maple, which is not a wood I would have associated with Viking Age Norway. No. Maybe it's just me, but maple is 
that's a whole different kind of stuff. I'm going to have to go look up whether they had access to them. They obviously did because they've got these posts. I was going to say that. Like, Maple's a little bit far off my thought geographically for do you know i honestly i honestly had it as i use the word of the term advisedly but i always had that as a new world tree yeah i thought that was um i thought that was in the that was in the americas because i know that's that's thing i thought that was why canada had picked it up because it was like a a thing you know a a canadian thing but yeah so this grave is a little bit kind of worldly wise because you've got irish art style buckets and maple wood zoomorphic Posts. Unless, of course, it turns out maple has always grown quite happily in Norway, in which case, fair enough. In that case, that's all good. Yeah, can go for that. What, 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 what actually are the animals in the on the postage? They don't know. Oh, they've they not okay. been able to identify. They're not recognisable as a single species. Right. And I think they are all individually different. They're like monster heads, like they would have for ship heads. Like I was going to say, the um, yeah, there's there's the one on the uh, oh the. Yeah, you see, the one of the bedposts has got animal carvings, but they're like almost flat relief carving, and these are full three-dimensional carvings. What is the boat that's the replica, not the Draken, the yeah. other one? The one that was done for the World's Fair, we talked about it. The Viking, Gokstad. Gokstad, yes. Yeah. Now, that has, the, or at least the, the replica one, has that, is it an oar or something, or on oh, the tiller? Yeah. on the tiller. On the tiller, yes. Yeah. And that's got a, 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 a an animal, a and nobody animal seems head. to be able to identify it. Yeah. It's, it's yeah, like, yeah, is yeah. it a wolf? Is it a dragon? Is it a boar? Is it what? Nobody knows. Gokstad is really awesome. There's a couple of really lovely things in Gokstad, which I'm going to totally take a side turn into just for a minute. On the Gokstad ship, you have some very bored Vikings. Uh-huh. Because one of them, at least one of them, probably two, have taken their boots off and put their bare foot up against the plank on the inside of the ship and drawn around it with the point of their <laughs> knife. And we've got the, the bare footprint of a Viking drawn around like, you know, Viking graffiti a la knife point style. Yeah. He's drawn around his own foot. Hopefully when the seas are quite steady and they're yeah. really bored because otherwise that could have been a really... Really stupid thing to do. Ulf was here. Yeah, literally. And the other thing that you get at Gokstad on one of the boards, there's a nine men's, there's part of a board, and it's got two corners of a nine men's and one side of a nine men's Morris board. Okay. Like a half and taffle board. Mm, mm. A taffle board. And there's not enough of it, I think, from memory, I don't know whether there's enough of it to tell the difference, whether it's... Nine men's Morris, or whether it's Tafel. Okay. Can't tell, but obviously somebody got really bored, carved a board into the planks with their knife points so they could play games. Yeah. And bored enough to draw around their bare foot on the boards, which you've, is just, that is beautifully human. To you've got to pass them yeah. long. Got to pass them Ocean going time. nights. So, yeah, back to Oseberg. Days, okay. whatever. So we've had a look at the buckets. Yep. We've had a look at these mad random zoomorphic posts. I don't know what the heck they are. Deep ritual significance. And any <laughs> archaeologists out there will have just spit their tea out. Yeah. Said to be Dutch. Joke. Dated 1752. <laughs> Said to be Dutch. Yes. The silversmith's equivalent. So I want to talk for a minute about the tablet weaving that's found in Osberg. And yep. there's a very particular piece of weaving that I want to have a chat about for the next few minutes. Okay. And this is a piece of weaving 
that is still on an upright loom. So this is a, uh, a loom frame that stands up against a wall. It isn't a freestanding loom. It's a, like a frame that stands up against the wall or stands up against the edge. Yeah. And you attach your weaving to it and you hang, you traditionally hang stones off the bottom of the threads to keep them nice and tight so that you can weave with them. Yeah. Um, when, tablet weaving. When you go weaving. Yes. When you go weaving. Welcome to Osberg. <laughs> Son of Anders. Mr. Anders. <laughs> okay, okay, so. Sorry. These tablets that are in Oseberg, there was a weaving that was part way through mm -hmm. that has been left on the frame and the whole frame and the weaving and the tablets have been put in the burial as they are. Okay. Part way finished. But not finished. But not finished. All right. So that, to me, un unwatsited personal opinion says that it's likely that it's one of the women's weaving because they and she hadn't finished it. it she hadn't finished it so they've left it for her to finish to when unpack she gets and finish when she gets going. there okay yeah this makes logical sense to me which considering i've got 20 something century logic might not be the original reason in the slightest but yeah. tablet weaving if you've had a go at tablet weaving you'll know that it's commonly done with square tablets and you thread four threads through four corner holes, one hole in each corner, and you turn the tablet on edge mm. so that it's kind of pointing towards you and away from you, that kind of edge. Okay. So that you can then twist the tablet and it turns the threads a quarter turn and, and cycles them round. Yeah. So then you're, you're weaving your thread in and out of those tablets so you turn it a quarter turn weave it one way turn it a quarter turn weave it back turn it a quarter turn weave it one way yeah. and so on and so forth i've learned little bits of tablet weaving and i'm a little bit shaky but i can do basic braids and i have 12 tablets and they've taken me a little time to get my head into how mm. to do them what to do with them where it all goes yeah this tablet weaving in Oseberg that is Partway finished mm -hmm. has 52 tablets. 52? 52. 52. Wow. It's huge. So when you've finished your tablet weaving, you can take all the tablets out and play cards with them. Pretty much. Crikey. Now, the tablets that I use at the moment, I have little four and a half centimeter by four and a half centimeter wooden tablets. Mm. One hole close to each corner, off I go. So I've got four holes per tablet yeah and their little four and a half centimeters is about the size of the Osberg ones give or take yeah a millimeter or two because they've been in the ground a whole long time and they got kind of bent and warped and mm -hmm. all of that kind mm -hmm. of stuff the ones in Osberg have four holes in each one hole in each corner some of them have an extra hole halfway down one side okay some of them have two extra holes mm-hmm and there is no rhyme nor reason. Now, it could be the way that they were excavated, that they were just pulled out of the ground and the order that they were originally in was lost. Right. It could be that those extra holes signify something. It could be that whoever was doing this weaving is put together like three sets of tablets because she wants to do a really big weaving and she hadn't got enough of her own <laughs> set to do it with and she's borrowed other tablets from other people. But they're kind of, it's a bit mad because these extra holes are all over the place on these tablets. Okay. 
and they make no sense. You can't run an extra thread. You could run an extra thread or two threads through them, but there's no record that I know of that tells you whether those extra holes are used for extra threads or not. Right. Now, some modern tablets will have a hole through the centre okay. of each tablet, each square tablet, and that hole through the centre is when you want to stop, you put a little uh, bar or a little piece of string through the holes in the middle which don't have any threads going through them, mm -hmm. so that you can then tie the string or keep the bar in, and it will keep your tablets in order and together. Okay. But these holes, these extra holes, don't line up. They're all over the shop. They are all over the shop, and it kind of blows my mind a little bit. Okay. And if your mind isn't blown quite yet, they found silk at Osberg. Silk. Silk, silk. Silk, as in silkworms, silkworms, butt silk. Silkworms, butts. Yeah. So they've got silk. Now, there are strips of silk on the ladies' clothing as decoration. So they've taken a piece of patterned silk. It isn't just plain silk. It's mm. got patterns woven into it. Okay. And they've taken pieces of patterned silk and used it as decoration strips on their clothing and that kind of blows my mind because this silk is not from Norway it's from Persia Persian silk Persian silk going to be pretty expensive on a grave in Norway yeah two women lots of buckets in a ship on a farmyard in Norway silk okay so it's generally used as in this case it's used as decoration it's been used as strip decoration on their clothing mm. and we know it's Persian in origin because the designs on the clothes uh, on these strips are still visible okay and they've got birds and zoomorphic patterns on them which can very clearly be identified as Persian mm. so this cloth was woven as something else and it's ended up as decoration on somebody's clothing. Wow. In a burial boat, boat burial in Norway. <laughs> <laughs> now you, you're thinking, well, silk, Persia, that's kind of like a good halfway across the world. It's imported and in the Viking age, it's imported as finished cloth and it's imported as silk thread. Okay. So they get hold of both and silk this is not the only place that you find silk persian silk in viking age graves you also find it at gokstad right with the footprints on the ship yep it's in that in that context as well mm -hmm. and it's also at burka and burka is a huge trading town so that makes a little bit more sense to me but you're yeah. finding it in ship burials so yeah Oseberg blows my mind a little bit yeah and when they first got it into the ship museum the archaeological understanding at the time was that you preserved the wood in a certain way okay so they did they 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 did their the best conservation they could because they recognized the, the wealth of what they had they wanted to conserve it in the best way possible and so they they did the the most up-to-date techniques that they had at the time oh dear oh dear yes and this is <laughs> this is excavated a very very long time ago, and their techniques yeah. were pants. 
Yeah. Compared to what we can do now, their techniques are pants. And for the last few years at least, they've recognised that the techniques that they use to salvage and conserve things like the timber and the wood at Oseberg mm. are now decaying. Because I think, am I remembering rightly, that the preservative that they injected into the wood is now... Because the metal fixings are oxidising, yeah. that's reacting to the preservative that they use that's now all the way through the wood and it's turning it acidic. There are examples of Roman concrete. Mm. The Romans used to make uh, concrete, the lime concrete? concrete out of lime. Oh God, I've had to dig that stuff. It's a yeah. nightmare. And there are, uh, for comparison, there are um, examples of World War Two coastal forts, um, mm. gun batteries that they used oh, to build. Oh, pill pillboxes. Pillboxes, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the the sort of cannon emplacements that mm -hmm. they used to use for. They look like kind of squished letterboxes that were That's buried. Right. Yeah, and I they made those, they yeah. made a load of those out of um, out of concrete because it was it was it was tough and it's yeah, easy reinforced to... with steel beams. Exactly, reinforced yeah. with metal beams, and the metal beams are rusting. Mm. And it's actually making the structures more brittle now than Roman concrete that still exists <laughs> now yeah. is yeah. actually tougher than World War II concrete because they didn't run the metal, metal, uh, bars, through the metal bars through it. If memory serves, and granted it's a long time since I've looked at the Oseberg stuff, but I think the original preservatives that they soaked the wood in to preserve it... Mm keep its shape, its colour, its texture, its weight, all of that is reacting to the metal fixings as they oxidise and they go rusty. Yeah. And they're producing a chemical reaction which is turning the preservative acidic. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's through everything of Osberg. Yeah. And for the last few years, they've been trying to work out how they can get the old preservative out Mm-hmm. And still stop any more damage happening. Yeah. And it's kind of a race against time because this preservative that it was soaked in or injected with, whatever it was, mm. pervades everything. It's down to a cellular level. Yeah. So they've got to work out how to stop it degrading any further. Some of these objects, like the Buddha bucket and the Oseberg bucket, they, and other objects, other wooden objects from Osberg, of which there are hundreds, mm. are so fragile that they don't want to move them again. Yeah. Because they will just disintegrate, they will collapse. So they've got to try and find a way to preserve this stuff. That includes the boat itself. And it's painful to think, would, would this material, would these items have, have been better Left. if they hadn't have preserved them at all? Yep. So... Yeah, archaeologists now will look at, do we really have to dig? Yeah. Do we have to get artefacts out of the ground? Because you've got anaerobic preservation in some contexts, yeah. are there ways that you can find out what's under the ground without having to expose it to the current atmosphere and therefore having to be obliged to conserve it, to maybe restore it to try and stop any decay or damage happening mm. to educate people about whatever it is you know what are your reasons for digging that site but what, then what do you get out of it that human beings haven't seen before when you think now 
when you think now you've got you've got your I mean we've talked about them before, but you've got your magnetometers, you've got your your lidar, you've got all these sophisticated some really lovely um, geo survey stuff on a Roman city. Yeah, a couple of days back. They've, they've literally scanned the whole of a Roman city without having to dig it, and I'm just like, oh, oh. yeah. So we have so good. We have these fantastically sophisticated. I'm sure, I'm sure people in the future will look back at them and go, how did they cope with such <laughs> primitive stuff? But what? you know, what from our point doing? of view, we have these fantastically sophisticated sensors and things yeah. that you can use, and we have 3D printers. Yeah. It's like you know, do we really need to dig up anything anymore? Just just print one out print out a replica yeah. put it in a museum and say this is what it looks like it's still underground but this is what it looks like this is what it would look like mm. yeah as we're currently still in the covid19 lockdown museums a lot of museums have been going virtual mm. they've done virtual tours yes you can go into the british museum and you can take a tour of the Sutton Hoo and Early Europe room, which is one of my favouritest <laughs> places ever, because oh my God, some of the stuff in there is amazing. Um, but you can take tours with experts and you can look at their collection. You yeah. can look at still photographs of it. And some of the museums have been looking at three dimensional photographs, yeah. like three dimensional objects that you can turn over and look under and round. And I'm thinking that's amazing for not only for members of the public, but for archaeologists who want to study that or something similar to that, they'll just go, right, museums, show me yeah. this style of Roman pottery that's this colour, and they'll go, right, I've got hits in a dozen museums around the world. Mm. So I can identify those collections without having to fill in a collections request and arrange visits and oh, security crikey. and yeah. get things up from the stacks. Mm-hmm. Because um, museums have stacks like you wouldn't believe. Well, they do. That's where the, the, the that's where the ghosts are. That's totally where the ghosts are. Nobody else is going to work for no pay. They turn around and go. Shh. And then. Where? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, get her. <laughs> that was your whole plan. Get her. <laughs> This episode has been brought to you by the Evo Sandor Mining Company. <laughs> <laughs> Tobin Spirit Guide, a part work. Yay! <laughs> 26-monthly parts. Mm. $7.99. And a... No, I'm not going to go into what kind of sacrifices you need for that, because that's just... Get a, you, get a yeah. free gift. Yeah, with every chicken. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Okay, fine. So... Well, you go summoning any Mesopotamian demigods. Or anything. It's a hobby. <laughs> well, you, know. you know, get the good china out. <laughs> so, so lovely listeners, go and have a look at the burial at Osberg. Mm. However you can. There are images of it online everywhere. Yep. You can go to uh, one of the museums in Norway and actually see images of the boat they've just done a shiny new exhibition for it it looks very happy in its new home okay wow go and have a look at all the shinies it will take probably 
a good couple of hours so please have time and don't do it in the middle of your working day or looking after people day because it's a rabbit hole that you don't come out of very easily <laughs> when you go into Osberg. You don't, you don't kind of come back out very it's, quickly. It's kind of like the Viking equivalent of going on the TV tropes. Yeah, you go on the TV tropes, you go raiding into Osberg and you don't come out for a while. <laughs> Just keep opening tab after tab after yeah, tab after tab. Yeah, you do, and it's amazing. And I love... It, it's almost rudely excessive. <laughs> and, and yet we don't know who they were. We have no idea. And that's kind of what I love. Mm. So, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you here around the virtual campfire, having a bit of a ponder, and cross fingers, maybe having a wander off to go and look through Osberg at some point for yourselves. Yeah. We can't tell you how to heathen, but I can tell you it is so worth looking at this stuff. <laughs> lovely listeners, we're going to see you next time for episode 85. If you want to find us online, probably know where to find us but just in case you don't you want to come and say hi i'm suzanne martin you can find me on facebook under suzanne martin on messenger with suzanne martin on twitter at geetha in dreams dreams geetha in dreams geetha in dreams who's geetha in dreams i don't know okay geetha in jeans is me i've no idea who geetha in dreams is i'm sure they're very lovely are you taking up an iromancy i wasn't planning on it i can't spell it (laughs) can't even do my own anirowing. Anirowing. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? I have no idea. Okay. If you want to find me, I'm on Facebook. My messenger is open. My Twitter tweet messages. I have no DMs. idea what those... Those DMs. They can slide sense. into your DMs. Don't slide into my DMs because I'll just open the back door. You'll slide right out the <laughs> other side. Um, but you can come and say hi. That's all good. We are quite happy to talk shop. So, you know figure out come and tell us where you're listening from Hmm. come and sit with us around the virtual campfire we now have the frithcast pod site on facebook frithcast pod frithcast pod just 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 search for frithcast pod we also have a new home for the virtual campfire at frith chat which is a group attached to frithcast come and say hi to some other lovely listeners come and spend a bit of time around the virtual campfire having a bit of a mooch come and talk to us about the content ask us questions we'll do our best to answer them there's a discord invite in there there so. is a discord attached to frith chat get my chats the right way around there we go it's frith summit but yeah come and say hi mm. it's all good do that if they want to find you where do they find you basically they find you and they pass you get you to pass me a message i can totally do or that. or they can put there if they get onto the discord you can find me there Awesome. Fabulous. Well, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you pondering the wonders of Oseberg, and we'll talk to you all next time for Frithcast episode 85. Talk to you then. See you then. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.